0: My name is Rick Renner and today I'm in the Yusopov Palace in St. Petersburg, Russia. This was their private in-home theater. It accommodated 180 spectators and they came here to see every imaginable kind of performance and even the most legendary artists of the day. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 40 that in the house of God everything should be done decently and in order. But it seems everyone has a different opinion about what that means. What is decent and in order to one person might seem out of order to somebody else. If you were raised a Baptist, you have one idea of what is decent and in order. If you were raised a Pentecostal, you probably have a different idea of what is decent and in order. What does God think about doing things decently and in order. What does that really mean for me and for you and for the churches that we attend? If God wants us to do everything in terms of worship and our services decently and in order, what in the world does that really mean? Well, that's an important question. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program.
0: My name is Rick Renner. And as I told you in the introduction to today's program today, we're going to talk about God's powerful presence and different styles and sounds and doing things decently and in order. And that's a very interesting phrase because everybody seems to have a different idea about what is done decently and in order. But Denise is with us today. Denise welcome to the program.
2: Thank you Rick and I'm so glad to be with you and with you because this has been quite an amazing week together studying about God's presence as we worship Him. It
0: has really been good Denise and we're offering the brand new series called Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. It's not just singing songs. It's creating a channel through which the power of God comes right into your space, any space. I think about the Apostle John who was in a cave on the Isle of Patmos. And the presence of God came into that cave. Or Mm. Paul and Silas who were in the deepest, darkest part of that prison in Philippi. Acts 16, verse 25. But when they began to worship, the power and the presence of God came into that deep, dark place. God's presence will come anywhere when people worship. Friends, we want you to encounter that powerful presence, and that's why we want you to have this five-part series that comes in multiple formats with a study guide that you can read while you see or while you hear the program. The study guides are just loaded. Denise, the study guides are really great, aren't they?
2: They are great, and I think it's quite a, a plus that you can watch it And then you can study it at the same time.
0: And Denise, you see how much work I put into these studies. I mean, I really bathe these in love, and I want you to get this whole series. And today, for the last day of this week, we're offering you our son Philip's book, which is called Worship Without Limits, The Place of God's uh, Supernatural Access to God's Presence and Power. Worship Without Limits, and today is the last day that we're offering this this week on the program, along with my book, which is called A Life Ablaze, and one chapter in this pretty big book, which is 496 pages. It's a substantial book, but one entire chapter is called Ablaze With worship. And we go through the New Testament and the Old Testament and document what happens when people worship. And my friends, when you worship, things really happen. The atmosphere shifts and God moves. And I want you to get this book. And when you become a partner with our ministry and a partner is anyone who financially gives to our ministry to help us take the teaching of the Bible around the world. And Denise, there are people all over the world that are crying out and saying, God, please send somebody to me with the teaching of the Bible that I can trust. And we believe that that is our mandate. And Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. That's our task, but we can't do it by ourselves. It takes a lot of money to have a TV ministry. And when you are a partner, you help put fuel in the tank so we can take this teaching to people all over the planet in response to their prayers. Amen, Denise.
2: Amen. And if you are a partner, thank you so much. We know that you're giving by faith and we're with you in your faith that God is going to multiply that back to you 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I just speak that to you right now in the name of Jesus. And thank you for being a partner with us.
0: And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you two books my book called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called The gift of forgiveness because we always want every new partner to have these two particular books. But reach for your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We always use the Bible in this program, and today that's where we're going to begin. But I want to talk about styles and sounds of music and worship. When the New Testament church was first emerging in the first century, it's likely that there were all different kinds of sounds and all different kinds of styles of worship emerging in the church because people were getting saved in Rome. People were getting saved in Greece. People were getting saved in the Middle East. People were getting saved in Israel. Many people were coming to Christ in North Africa. And if you compare all of those cultures, those cultures are very, very different. And some of those cultures didn't even have the same instruments that were used in the other cultures. But they were all saved. They were all worshiping, but if you went from church to church or one culture to another culture, you may have heard some really different sounds and seen some really interesting sights in worship because they were various cultures. And it tells me that there's room for variety in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we get stuck on our style that we think is right, we just think it's right because it's all that we know. But as Denise and I have internationally traveled all over these year, all over the world in these years, we found that all over the world, there's a lot of different blends and cultures in the body of Christ. And just before we began the program today, Denise and I were remembering one experience. Denise?
2: We were in another country and they were worshiping the Lord. But these women, like, you know, I mean, Rick, we're used to hopping and jumping or maybe twirling. But these women in that culture, they were doing their arms like this. And that was worship. And Rick and I were looking at each other going, wow.
0: I had never seen (laughs) such thing in worship. And I remember one time when I was invited to an Arab church. (laughs) And I was told that they sing the same songs that we sing. But in the Arab culture, they don't have pianos. They don't have the instruments that we have. And they sang, they said it was the same songs, but I'm telling you, Denise, it did not sound like our songs. And I could not even sing along because the tune was so different, but it was the same words. But what we find is all over the world, even though the sounds are different Mm -hmm. and the styles are different, one thing is the same, and that is the The heart. heart. And the heart is what God is after. Say amen. Amen. But, especially as you begin to get a little older, you may listen to the new worship songs and think, I don't get it. I don't don't like this new style. And I have to be honest that there are some times when I say that. But hey, when I was younger, I think my parents were probably saying that about the music that we liked. And I was just recently studying a little history of worship and music in the church and found something hilarious. When the song Onward Christian Soldiers first came out, Denise, we grew up singing Onward Christian Soldiers. We
2: certainly did. I love that song.
0: I felt like a little soldier. Oh, man, when I sang that song, I felt, Unward Christian Christian soldiers marching marching as
2: to war. war.
0: I mean, we sang it with all of our (laughs) heart. But do you know when that song was first introduced, it was viewed to be a radical, rebellious kind of music in the church that should not be permitted because it was new. It was a new style. But we grew up thinking that that was just a wonderful song. That's what we were accustomed to. But another generation was not accustomed to it. So they were a little put off by that. And as time goes by, sounds change, styles change, but the heart remains the same. And the heart is what is most important. So the question arises, what is right and what is wrong when it comes to worship? What is right, what is wrong? And a good rule of thumb is... 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40, which says, Let all things be done decently and in order. But, Denise, decently and in order means different things to different folks. Now look at the body of Christ. The body of Christ, unfortunately, is divided into different denominational groups and Christian groups. We've got Catholics here. We've got Baptists there. We've got Pentecostals there, we have Methodists over here, Episcopalians there, Presbyterians over there, Assemblies of God over there. And in every one of those churches, if you grew up there, then you grew up adapted to a certain kind of worship. And one group may find another church's worship to be very outrageous, offensive. That group, for example, if you grew up assembly of God, and you're accustomed to really loud, rumbunctious worship. You may think that the Presbyterians are rather dead, but the Presbyterians find their worship to be very deep and very contemplative. Everybody seems to have their own style of worship. And my friends, please understand that one is not necessarily right, and the other is not necessarily wrong. They're just different. They're just different. But just like in the first century, There was a different culture in Rome and North Africa and Greece and Israel and Turkey and the Middle East. All of those cultures and all of those churches had different sounds, and that's all right as long as the heart is the same. As long as the heart is the same. Can you say amen to that, Denise? Amen. Now, so who's right and who's wrong? Well, first of all, the Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. And Denise, I like the way that verse begins. It says, let all things be done. We need to do it all. God loves it all. God loves variety. You know, the throne of God is filled with all kinds of beautiful colors and hues. It's, the Bible says it's like a rainbow. God loves all kinds of variety, and that includes worship, and music. But what does it mean when it says, let all things be done decently and in order? Because this really is the rule. It should be done decently and it should be done in order. Well, what does that mean? Well, we have to go to the Greek to find out what it really means. And the word decently is a word that's only found two other places in the New Testament. It's found in Romans 13, 13. It's also found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 12. And it's found here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. And in all three places, it depicts doing something honestly. It means to walk honestly, to walk in integrity. It pictures something being done properly as opposed to improperly. And it really carries the idea of a right motivation and a right intent. Now I'm going to explain what this means in just a moment. But it also says everything should be done decently and what? In order. In order. And the word in order in Greek is the word "taxis," And listen to what it means. It's something that is done in a fitting way or something that's done according to order. But if you look at how it was used by the Jewish historian Josephus, this word taxus here translated in order. You will really understand what Paul's talking about. Because the Jewish historian Josephus used this word taxus, the word order, when he recorded the orderly way, listen to this, the orderly way in which the Roman army erected their camps, indicating their camps were orderly, organized, and well-planned. Did you hear that? Orderly, organized, and well-planned. All of that is in this word, decently and in order. But wait, there's more. The commanders did not engage in last-minute planning. Their camps were not hastily thrown together at the last moment. Rather, they were set up in an organized and thoughtful manner. Did you get that? Organized? And thoughtful manner. Josephus also used this word in order, the Greek word taxis, to describe how the Essene Jews were respectful of others. Respectful. That's also in this word in order. The word taxis carries the idea of being respectful of others. Those Jews would wait until others were finished speaking before they'd take their turns to speak out because they were respectful. And Josephus' depiction tells us that this word taxus translated in order pictures people who were please listen to this respectful deferential courteous accommodating well-mannered and polite i'm going to read that again respectful deferential courteous accommodating well-mannered and polite All of that is in this word, tax, is translated in order. And if you put all of this together, the RIV of 1 Corinthians 14, 40 would be, let everything be done. First of all, we can do it all. But listen to what he says. Let everything be done in a fitting and proper manner that is organized, well-planned, respectful, well-mannered, and polite. It doesn't say anything about style. It doesn't say anything about sound. It talks about intention and motivation. Let me read it again. Let everything be done in a fitting and proper manner that is organized, well-planned, respectful, well-mannered, and polite, which throws open the door to all kinds of sounds and all kinds of styles, which means worship can be quiet or worship can be loud. (laughs) Worship can be soft or worship can be bold. But because of this word taxis, it means that worship should not be something just thrown together at the last moment with no thought and no organization. And by the way, friends, we're only talking about worshiping Almighty God. He deserves the very, very best. So when we plan a corporate worship service and a coming together to worship the Lord, it should be well thought out. It should be organized. But at the same time, we need to leave room for the Holy Spirit to change the plans if He wishes to do so. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit does spontaneously move. And our ultimate goal should always be to have His order in our services. But I want you to see that these words, decently and in order, have to do with heart. They have to do with motivation, and they have to do with being polite and courteous and deferential and respectful of others, which means you never have a right to be rude in worship. Never. never right to be rude in worship. But what is rude? Well, sometimes people say, Oh, those people, they're just rambunctious. They're just making so much noise. But you know what? You can be really loud and be right. You can be really loud And it'd be orderly because that's the order which God wanted. And did you know, Denise, you can be really quiet and be stubborn and rude at the same times. Sometimes people say, I'm not budging. I'm not going to surrender. Just because you're quiet doesn't mean everything's orderly. My friends, it doesn't have so much to do with movement or volume or style or sound as it has to do with... The heart. The heart, Denise.
2: Well, I was thinking you can be quiet and be absolutely in order. Yeah, that's right. You can. Because God wants to talk to us in worship, and we have to get quiet to hear Him. And that's why, Rick, you know, you're saying this about this group worshiping and that group worshiping. There's beauty in all of, that. all of it. All of it. All of it. I mean, you might go to a charismatic or a assembly God church and it'd be so loud and so joyous. Well, God's a joyous God. Or you might go to a, maybe a Catholic church or a Presbyterian or Episcopalian and they have that place where it's so reverential. And the
0: Bible says, be still and know that I'm oh, God. Oh,
2: I it, love it. Honey, there's a place for all of all it. All of it. You
0: know, I remember one time years ago, Denise and I were in a service where I almost felt like I was to be assaulted by somebody worshiping. <laughs> but they were so sincere. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were swinging their arms. and I kept thinking, I've got to dodge. <laughs> I've got to dodge this person or I'm going to be hit. It's going to really be uncomfortable. And that person was oblivious to what they were doing, but they were just worshiping from the heart.
2: And so they were... They were worshiping. In order.
0: They were in order.
2: Because if we, if we call ourselves worship, maybe we have our hands up, maybe we're dancing before the Lord, but we're thinking about what we're going to eat or about an offense towards somebody else. It's not worship.
0: Well, we do need to learn to be courteous because this word in order also mm-hmm. needs to be deferential, respectful, courteous. We need to think about others when at whatever that we're doing, you know, how we're affecting others. Be careful where you swing your hands that you don't hit anybody. You know, you can use your mind when you worship and remember that other people are there too. But the point is that woman that almost assaulted me by accident, she was worshiping with all of her heart. And rather than me think she is just so out of order. I just got a kick out of it. I decided to move out of the way and watch this woman that was just delighting in the presence mm. of God. And I thought about King David. Mm. And when David came into Jerusalem with the Ark of the Covenant, he threw off his clothes and danced all the way into Jerusalem. And his wife
2: despised it.
0: Despised it, And she was stricken, barren, barren as a result. She judged him And God received it as worship. Worship. So the point today is, don't get hung up on styles. Don't get hung up on sounds. Yes, I have mine that I like. I have those that I don't like. But you know what? If somebody else is really worshiping God from their heart, it's between them and God. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to join them. You can develop your own kind of worship. You need to do that which is most fitting and most comfortable for you. Do whatever helps you enter into the presence of God. That's what I do. Actually, it's what most of us do. But remember that just because somebody is different from you does not mean that they are not worshiping. They're just different from you. That's okay. Even if you travel around the United States, you have California, you have the Deep South, you have the Northeast. There's different cultures in all of those places. All of those places. It's not the sound. It's not necessarily the style. It's the heart that is important. God is after the heart. And that's what we read in John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. And this is where we're going to end our series today. Jesus said, The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, and Denise, that word worship, again, is the word proskuneo, from the word pros, which means to draw near. And the word kuneo, which means to kiss, you compound the two words together. One who draws near to blow intimate kisses toward God in worship, this is intimacy. The hour cometh, and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father. How? In spirit and in truth, from the heart. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That is God's qualification, that you do it in spirit and you do it in truth. And if you do that, then you can form that channel. You can form that conduit, which brings God's powerful presence right to where you are to shift everything in your life. This has been fun, Denise. It's been wonderful. Thank you for being with me and Denise this week. We'll be back in just a moment, and we
1: want to pray for you. A recent report says among adults who regularly attend church services, one half admit that they haven't experienced God's manifested presence at any time during the past year. And this was not among the Easter and Christmas only church attenders, but among people who attended an average of more than two dozen worship services last year. God wants you to encounter His powerful presence in worship. And that's why Rick and Denise Renner have taught the new five-part series, Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. In this life-changing series, you will learn of God's power, God's powerful presence in personal worship. God's powerful presence in New Testament songs. God's powerful presence in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. God's powerful presence in different sounds and styles. God's presence is powerful and is with us everywhere we go. This five-part series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $10. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, Worship Without Limits by Philip Renner and A Life Ablaze by Rick Renner. In both books, you'll learn how to tap into the supernatural and access the power of God during worship. A whole new supernatural realm awaits you, and these two books will help you know how to step into that realm. Order your copy of Worship Without Limits for only $17 and A Life Ablaze for only $18. Bring the supernatural presence of God right to where you are and shift the atmosphere in your life. Don't miss this special offer, this series Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship and the books Worship Without Limits and A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends and partners, this
0: is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio, and I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one. Enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for the building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today, but my friends, in a very short time, We're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location. We're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. Well, my friend, Denise and I just finished a whole week of programs about encountering God's powerful presence in worship. Denise, it's been so good to have you here. Thank you, Rick. You know, Denise, God wants to invade our worlds, and he's told us how to do it. Because he says he sits enthroned upon our praises. And when we worship God, God says, I like it so much, I'm going to go down there and join them. And he comes with this powerful presence. And friends, when God's presence shows up, everything begins to change. If there's anything crooked, it's going to be made straight. If there's anything lame, it's going to be made healed. That's what happens when God's powerful presence shows up. And that's why I want you to order our series. And today is the last day that we're offering. It's called Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats with a great study guide so you can read it while you see it or while you hear it. And today is the last day we're offering the book by Philip Renner called Worship Without Limits. If you'd like to worship without limits... This is the book that you need to read. And today, we're also offering you my book for the last day of this week called A Life Ablaze. Look at the size of this book, Denise. And there's one whole chapter in this book called Ablaze with Worship. Amen. And please remember that if you need prayer, call us right now. We're waiting for the phone to ring or for your email to show up in our inbox. And the moment we know how to pray... We're going to pray for Jesus Christ to step right into your situation and do something marvelous. But, Father, we thank you so much that we've been able to be together this week to study about how we can encounter your powerful presence in worship. In Jesus' name, a-
2: amen. Amen.
0: We'll see you in the next program. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4 says, Where the word, word of, of a king, king is, is, there is power.
2: power.